Welcome back to Sunday Scripture. Today we're talking about the readings for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, we're going to be looking at the uh, first reading from Jeremiah, chapter 31, the letter from the he to the Hebrews, chapter 5, and then the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. Uh, so we start off with Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is talking about the return of the exiled Israelites uh, from, I think it's Assyria, actually, that he's talking about. Um, but he's talking about that uh, God will bring the exiles back. So the, at this point, the um, the northern kingdom has been attacked by the, Syri the Assyrians. Uh, they're exiles in, in that country. The same thing will happen again with the Babylonians in the southern kingdom, um, which is more of Jeremiah's time period. So he's talking about sort of both things where uh, the Jews have been taken from their land, they've, they've lost everything, and yet God will restore them to their, to their home, to their glory. Um, and he's going through the fact that, you know, this is, this is pretty miserable, but it's going to be uh, somewhere along the way, God's going to restore them and to bring them back. Um, then we go into our second reading from the letter to the Hebrews, where he's talking about the, um, the high priest. So this is something that, obviously, the, the Hebrews would be familiar with in the temple structure and all of the, the priestly functions and all those things. He's talking about how the high priest um, in, the, in the Jewish law was, uh, was chosen from among men and was another man who, who was one of the priests, and he was elected high priest or chosen and he was, but because he was just another man, he had to offer sacrifice both for himself as well as for the people. Mm -hmm. So um, there's, if you look through Leviticus, there's all the, the rules there. But that's yeah. that's the idea is that he was, he was the representative of the people, but also he had to sacrifice for himself. Um, and so that, and so he's comparing the, the high priest in that, um, in that setting, to Jesus, who's now the the ultimate high priest who doesn't have to offer sacrifice for himself uh, because he's God. Um, and he's comparing some of the other things, and we can come back to that. But first, the gospel uh, from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, uh, Jesus heals Bartimaeus. So he's, um, Jesus is leaving Jericho. This is right as he's about to enter Jerusalem. And him and his disciples are going along. And someone along the road, uh, a blind man who's been begging and you know, probably been there for a long, long time, has, uh, just says, you know, Jesus, or, uh, yeah, Jesus, son of David, have, have pity on me. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's crying out. And people are saying, like, no, gosh, don't. Yeah, like don't don't ruin the moment. Um, and, don't bother him. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's Jesus. Um, but then Jesus hears him, calls out to him, and asks him, you know, what 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 do you want me to do for you? He says, I want to see. And he says, your your faith has saved you. Go your way. And he could see. And it's a, a miracle. And so, um, there's not as obvious a, a connection, at least right off the bat, from the first reading in the gospel as there might have been, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, but there, there are plenty of things going on throughout these three readings uh, of God restoring something um, that has been lost. Yeah, I think that you have so much to that we can unpack um, with the gospel, especially in, in all three readings, right? You have the, this restoration. You have the Jews that are coming back. You have the high priest being the one who would go into the Holy of Holies and make atonement for the sins of the people and you now you have Jesus and he's restoring all of that and, and saying you know I'll, Paul was talking about how he's going to take all of that on for you or already has um, but I, I love this gospel scene um, you know I always it's like one of those scenes in a movie where you have a central character and the whole world kind of spins around them but that central character is perfectly still and the camera is moving super fast and shaking it's like Jesus stops in the midst of all of this, and that's what kind of happens, is that everything around him is chaos, and he's this central point. Um, and you, you, Bartimaeus is by, called by name, 
you know, um, and I, I think that some of the, the, the reasons why we have the name um, of Bartimaeus versus a blind beggar, it's very clear who this person was, is because it's probably somebody that was well enough known or uh, somebody that the gospel writers thought, you know him, you, you are aware of who this person is, so we're going to call him by his name because it's not just random blind tree number three on the stage, it's Bartimaeus. And you guys know Bartimaeus. You know Bartimaeus because you've all talked about how this guy can see now. Um, and so they identify him that way. Uh, I love that Jesus asked the question, what do you want from me? When last week's gospel, we had James and John asking the question, will you do whatever we tell you to do? And so Jesus, this shows that Jesus is like, he's open to what people have to say. He's open to, to hear what people want from him. Um, and his willingness to respond in a way that is most appropriate. You know, he responds to James and John in the way of like, you don't know what you're asking for. Uh, so be careful what you're saying. And to this man, you know exactly what you're asking for. And you're asking for it because you have that faith. And Jesus is responding in that way. And I think that is such an echo of our prayer lives. Um, we will ask for things. Sometimes we're really good at telling Jesus what he should do. And sometimes we have the faith to ask for what we need. Um, but we always get a response, right? For this man, the response was immediate. It was, okay, you can see. For James and John last week, it was not an immediate answer. And even the answer that I think that they were seeking it was a no, because he said, that's not mine to give. Um, but I, I love, like you said, the, the restoration in Bartimaeus, that immediately he like gets up and just goes and follows him. And he's like, okay, uh, wow, this is even better than I thought it was ever going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's cool, the idea of like why they included his name. As his, you've, you've heard of this guy by right. name. I wonder if, because at the end it says that he left everything and followed Jesus. He became a disciple. Right. I wonder if, you know, at the time of the writing of the gospel, he was, you know, a well-respected member of the church. And it's yeah. like, by the way, this is where he came from. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know. It would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just the idea of restoration. If you look at, yeah, for, for Jeremiah, when Jeremiah is writing, you know, there's, there's so much, the kingdom on both sides has totally just fallen into decay. Everything has fallen apart. The northern kingdom is entirely gone. Southern Kingdom is about to be, or has already been wiped out as well, and he's saying, like, this is, yeah, this, this is awful. Like, everything is totally gone, and yet God can bring us back even from this, um, even from the destruction of the temple. Again, you know, all of these things. So you have this idea of restoration, and I, and I think that that's cool. And I hadn't applied it as much to the second reading, but thinking about that, of like, even the the whole model of you know the Jewish law and all of this, it was. Obviously, it was God's law, and he implemented yeah. it, and yet there was still something that was missing. There was something that, you know, the fact they had to sacrifice day after day, and that the high priest had to sacrifice for himself as well as the people. It was, it was God's system, but it was still not the ultimate system. There was something even greater that had to be uh, restored there, and in Jesus, he's done that. And I think that's really cool to, um, to see in all of these cases that whether something is really dismal looking, like, the first reading or whether or, or the gospel or something you know there's no hope uh, there's no way that this is ever going to change or yeah. there's something that's even been happening for forever and no one's even thinking about what it's lacking anymore um, no matter what that is god is aware and he's going to bring something great out of it he's going to restore it to its former glory in his own time yeah 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, the challenge for, for us, I think, would be this week to beg for the healing that we need the same way that the blind man does. Um, we all have places in our hearts, places uh, in our relationship with either other people or with the church of brokenness, the same way that the blind man did. Uh, Jericho was not a place that good things were happening. Um, you know, I, I think Bishop Robert Barron even referenced it in uh, his gospel reflection that Jericho was like a city of sin. And you're thinking of like our our loss for me, Las Vegas, right? You know, the the idea that the city of sin for such a long time. And so here's a man who's on the outskirts of that sinful place because uh, he's found enough faith in himself to move away from those bad things. But he's still begging for healing. He's still begging for a restoration from the brokenness that he has in his own life. That I think that's the same thing for us. You know, if, if it's been a while since you've been back to reconciliation, I encourage you to go um, and to try to find a place if either here at All Saints or one of our surrounding parishes, look up online, confession times, uh, you'll be able to find it. But to, to go to the church and to look for that forgiveness and seek those seek restoration in those places where you're feeling most broken. Absolutely. I think it's worth coming back to the fact that if people ask this about the sacrament of confession, of why do I why do I have to do this? Why can't I just yeah. confess to, directly to God? And you, know, you, you can do that, but the important thing, one of the important things there that the church has explained that Christ gave us is that we get to hear the voice of the priest speaking in the person of Christ say, I forgive you of your sins. You are forgiven. Yeah. Um, and it comes back the other way to where Jesus asks Bartimaeus, what is it that you want? Yeah. Even though he knows full well what problems he has, what he wants, yeah. um, there's something to be said for actually saying it all out loud um, and experiencing it in person in that way. And so I think, obviously, confession is the, the height of that. Um, yeah. And I think that's really something to, to think about in that context as well. I love the analogy, and it's funny because it was given to my daughter, who's in second grade, by Father Garrett, uh, as they're preparing for their first reconciliation. Uh, the same question came up of why do we have to go to a priest? God knows what we do that is good and what is bad. And he compared it to uh, Zoom classrooms. And he goes, think about when you did class online, you still learned everything that your teacher was teaching and your teacher was still teaching it. But is it different when you work with your teacher in person versus working with your teacher through Zoom? Now, not a perfect analogy, right? Like Jesus isn't virtual, right. <laughs> he's not going to get virtual healing, right. right? But the idea that like when you're in person and you have those questions, you have those struggles, having somebody who you can sit with face to face to help you through that brokenness is what's going to help you with the restoration. It's not just going to be, uh, you know, I can sit in the corner of my room and not really call myself to what I need actual healing from. So, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. Come back next week. We'll talk about the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. And I look forward to seeing you then. Until then, please pray for us so that we are praying for you. God bless. God bless. See you next week.